sticks, long-haired weirdos, short-haired weirdos, vandals, hooligans. The government, hug the government, love the government, hug the government, love the government. Welcome to The Politics Guys, a place for bipartisan, rational, and civil debate on American politics and policy. I'm Trey Orndorff, a political scientist at Oklahoma Christian University. And today I'm joined by Jay Carson, an Ohio area attorney and sometimes defender of freedom. Welcome to The Politics Guys, Jay. Hey, good to be here with you, uh, Trey. Yeah, you know, we don't oftentimes, we've only, I guess it's just a couple of times it's it's been the two of us on the show. So I'm kind of excited to do this. Everybody else, I mean, maybe they don't yeah, want to lead the conservatives, right? They're just a little concerned. We'll take the show over. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah, yeah well, you know. Um, but everyone you know, else is on vacation, so it's only the uh, conservatives who are still working here. So <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's true, right? When everybody else is gone, you know, the Marxists are, I mean, who know? Uh, <laughs> uh, but, you know, this week we actually kind of get to deal with something. I'm kind of fun that I think that we'll get to uh, do it with just us because the, the first story we're going to be hanging out on is going to be talking about the Hunt and, uh, Hunter Biden plea deal. Um, we're going to talk about the ProPublica's investigation into Alito. Uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about the immigration uh, debate that just came out this Friday, uh, and, and then we will be finishing up the show uh, uh, talking about uh, Boebert's delayed impeachment vote, and then finally with the uh, uh, potential Florida Chinese immigration ban over owning property. So that's what we're getting to on the show today. Uh, but uh, Jay, what I thought we'd start with is the Hunter Biden plea deal. Now, Obviously, it's a big deal by itself, uh, but it comes up in this broader context of what's going on with the DOJ. So let me just run through a little bit of this. Um, out this week are the details on President Biden's son, Hunter Biden's plea deal. Now, the deal has him pleading, as we now understand, uh, guilty to two misdemeanors for tax offenses. Those specifically are failures to pay his taxes on time, but they avoid charges on a gun charge and potentially felonies related to tax crimes. Now, the deal keeps him out of any jail time. Uh, the tax issue is that he failed to pay more than $100,000 on approximately $1.5 million in income over two years in 2017 and 2018. Now, he has now paid back those back taxes, but of course, uh, they were late. That's what he's pleading to. Now, what he's not having to have a charge on is the gun charge, which is that he's in he was in possession uh, for approximately two weeks of a Colt Cobra 38 special, uh, despite being uh, knowing that he was a drug user. Now, Hunter Biden has had a string of um, substance abuse in the wake of the death of his brother, which he self admits to his addiction. Now, we have all of this coming up. It's not particularly uh, 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 positive news for Biden, although I'm sure the Biden administration would like this to kind of be done. But uh, this week, CNN, not exactly a right wing publication, uh, has revealed information about an IRS whistleblower who has effectively argued that this deal is a lot better for Biden, uh, uh, excuse me, Hunter Biden, than it should be. Instead of the misdemeanors, he should have had uh, lie, uh, 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 charges for tax evasion and filing false tax returns. Now, those, of course, would be 
felonies, not misdemeanor charges. Now, the larger 11-count charge had the backing of some prosecutors, according to the whistleblower, but not more senior attorneys. Now, these claims come from Gary Shapley, a 14-year IRS veteran who oversaw parts of this particular case. Now, Shapley has come to Congress earlier this year and talked to the House Ways and Means Committee. Uh, uh, now that David West, who is in charge of this, one uh, and broader charges, but was not able to get them from uh, Merrill Garland, which is uh, Interesting, because Garland was telling Congress potentially not the full truth, if that's the case, when he said that Wes had the full authority to make the charging decisions. So effectively, what Shapley is saying here is, is there some political interference in the case? Now, it's worth noting, of course, uh, that David Wes is a Trump-appointed U.S. attorney who is still around, uh, and Wes has, since the whistleblower stuff coming public, pointed to a June 7 letter arguing that his decisions were made independently. Now, of course, for listeners, you got to realize plea deals are not uncommon. As a matter of fact, they are almost always what you're getting in the criminal justice system. Uh, we can talk about that more uh, later. But Jay, so what's your take on the uh, the Hunter Biden plea deal, uh, and what, do you think it's do you think it's straightforward and fair, or do you think that there is something to the whistleblower? Oh, I, I think uh, we need to hear more from from the whistleblower um, before we can make that determination, right? Uh, I mean, they, there are claims of uh, you know actual text messages and um, saying I'm I'm here with my father and uh, you know <laughs> essentially send the money now. Um, to, to me, I mean, the, the the issue over Hunter Biden has never been Hunter Biden. It's it's always been the um, the issue that the, the, the media has been relentlessly uncurious about is who is the big guy and why is he getting 10 percent? Um, and this doesn't really shed any light on that. In fact, it sort of closes out that that piece. Um, I think that's it's there's a, you know, say, OK, Hunter Biden didn't pay taxes on uh, income he received. Um, right. And, and he should plead to that. Uh, fair enough. But the bigger question is, where did he receive that income from? And, and, and for what services did he provide in exchange for that income? Uh, those are the, the, the bigger questions that this doesn't really answer. Um, and I think those are the, the questions that that people are, are or at least, you know, conservatives, at least I'm more concerned about. Um, uh, I, you know, I don't particularly care about the, the, the gun thing. And um, um, if he's late on filing his taxes, uh, fine. And there's also um, uh, just the the there's just a lot of unanswered questions regarding um, where you know what if, if Hunter's paid off all these taxes now. Again, there's the question of where did uh, where did this money come from? Um, and uh, I, I think it's it's something that needs to be looked into. I mean, I, I'm not going to comment on the. Um, you know, what all the whistleblowers said. But at this point, we've got an actual witness with an actual name um, who says he has actual documents. So, you know, that'll either either play out or it won't. Um, we'll find out, uh, you know, in, in the coming weeks. So let's assume, which I think is a potentially likely scenario, uh, that Hunter Biden is effectively using his last name uh, to be able to make, uh, uh, you know, money on these kinds of things. Uh, I mean, I, I can imagine that that's kind of where you're going to be at. I've also noticed there's been kind of a change in tone from the White House about uh, Hunter himself, right? So, you know, earlier in this process, 
it, it, you know, the message from uh, uh, President Biden and from his wife, the first lady, was effectively, well, you know, this is going to this is going to show up as being wrong, right? You can go back and take a look at that um, if you're listening. And and now what we're seeing is is well, we're glad he you know he's taking responsibility for it. Uh, so you kind of see some of that messaging change. Uh, so you you've got that. Well, the original just, messaging was the laptop is is. Um... Uh, uh, you know, uh, consistent with uh, Russian uh, misinformation. Um, and, and of course, everyone knew that, you know, the people who were making those those statements uh, uh, at the behest of the Biden campaign, uh, the Biden campaign uh, knew that that was not the case. So. Yeah. So, but, but, I mean, so, what, I mean, what do you think? I mean, when I look at this, what I see is a sleazy dude uh, who has a dad who has been in uh, high positions and has, has probably made a lot of money off the fact that that's what his last name is. Yeah. And, 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 and that's, I mean, again, that doesn't I mean, again, sleaze stuff. I don't know what that does moving forward for Biden. I mean, it damages Biden in the sense that they both have the same last name and, and, and his son is involved in, in stupid stuff. Um, but I don't know no, what that the, does the, for the, there. No, you know? the, 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 bigger, the bigger issue is, uh, again, um, who is the big guy and why is he getting 10 percent? Oh, in other words, you think he, 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 you think Joe Biden is is part of the scheme yeah. and is using that's, that's his what, drug. Uh, that's what one of the you know witnesses has said, and that's what the email said that Hunter's going to keep ten uh, percent for the big guy um, in these, and the big guy uh, who was the vice president at the time. Um, and I think that is a, a big problem when you have money that that may be coming from. Um, uh, parties with whom you know don't necessarily have our best interests at heart, um, going to the uh, you know through this this big web of, of of companies, which in itself is is strange. If you're just doing running a consulting firm, um, it's not clear why you need all of those those entities. Um, but um, uh, yeah, so I think that's that's the question, right? It's 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 not Hunter. It's it's always been about uh, Joe Biden. Um, so, and those are, those are the questions that I think, you know, we need to start digging into. And I guess that there's a secondary question of, of did, uh, Biden interfere with the, um, uh, investigation. And that's um, what Shapley's kind of second... primarily talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's sort of secondary, um, uh, in, in that, you know, I don't know what I, I'm sort of a unitary executive guy. Um, so I'm not I'm not sure that that's necessarily is it obstruction of justice? I'm I'm not sure. I maybe, but I, I don't it doesn't jump out at me as that. Right. Mm -hmm. um, uh, again, it certainly looks sleazy, but I think there's I think it's a your you know, political remedy uh, and not a, um, uh, you know, legal criminal law rem remedy. So in the larger sense, I think a lot of what is happens at the, at the political scene is, is you now have a lot of the GOP saying, look, Trump's charges aren't that bad because you've got Biden stuff going on. And Biden's basically saying, look, it's my son. He's pleading. This is fundamentally different than what's happening with Trump. And I think you got a big swath of voters who are like, I don't know. I think you all are both like old and done. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, but you know, you continue to be kind of be the standard bearer for your party. What do you think about this in that larger context of what's going on, both in the election and with Trump? 
Well, with with Trump, um, again, it, it, Trump's kind of his own animal. Um, Biden came came into office, sort of uh, promising to be the the non-Trump, right? right. Um, so I think you know, look, everybody knew that that what you're getting with with Donald Trump, um, he's sort of been his own worst enemy. Um, uh, I you know I it, but to me the, the the whole idea of the the whataboutism and that the one justifies the other is is nonsense. I mean I I think if, um, uh, you know in in either case, you know one you need to be careful in terms of these are presidents and presidential candidates and mm-hmm. and it it certainly looks unseemly to go around prosecuting them. Um, that said, it's it's also unseemly to have um, what appears to be a, a two tiered you know, standard of, of justice. Um, so I'm, I'm, in other words, I, you, know, I you, can't, my, you can't prosecute a candidate because he's a candidate. No, no. I, I mean, I mean that, um, uh, well, you, you, you can't prosecute Hillary Clinton because he's Hillary Clinton. Um, and you can't prosecute Joe Biden because he's Joe Biden. Um, I mean, that's, that's, that's what I mean. And then Hunter's Hunter's deal, which again, um, I don't know all the facts yet, but if if what these other you know these other pieces out there seem to just not not make sense, right? Um, again, he's not paying taxes on a lot of foreign income he's getting. Well, where's he getting that income, and what's he doing for it? Um, is he just a cutout for his father? Uh, is his father uh, exercising um, some sort of you know polar influence? Whether we, when he was uh, vice president or when he was just a, a candidate for for the presidency, um, to assist the the family fortunes, um, those are those are big problems. So now to back um, up because maybe I don't quite understand, and I, so I don't want to walk into it without understanding. What's the thing you think that that Biden? Sh- sh- I mean, you were mentioning the two tiered system, and I took that wrong. And you said, well, you know, you know, Biden can't be uh, uh, prosecuted. But what, what's yeah. the item you're thinking I about? Say, I don't think Joe be Biden being prosecuted. For. I'm a little president. confused about yeah. that one. Yeah. So, so no, I, I, I think it's um, prosecutors would, would be loath to bring a case against um, uh, they, I, you're no one, I think, I think being the guy who prosecutes uh, Joe Biden or even Hunter Biden um, is career suicide. Right. Okay. Well, so you mean you think Wes is done and effectively, right? Like, so you, you yes, you, yes. Yeah. I mean, what I mean, what these other you know IRS uh, whistleblowers have said is that you know they were removed from the investigation and so forth. Um, uh, that's that's my my sense is that, uh, um, yeah. I mean, who who wants would would you want to be the the special prosecutor investigating the president's son or the president? I mean, I wouldn't want to be any of that, to be real honest. But yeah, I mean, right. no, of course, nobody would want to be that, whether it was any president, though. I mean, that's a you know that's that's a difficult position to be well, in. Well, it also it depends on, on depends on how your how things are going to turn out, right? I mean, if you are, um, uh, there, there's there's no there's no downside uh, really if you're if you're you know if, let's put it this way the the FBI um, I think it's I think it's fair to say uh, has wanted to get Donald Trump from day one. And I think that's, that's interesting. You know, why, the, why do you think that? That I mean, that, that's by me further afield. Well, there was, there was the, well, the the um, 
uh, Michael Flynn interview where the FBI agents set it up and said, we're not going to tell them we're coming so that they might you know, request counsel to be there. And we're, they're so disorganized, we can get away with doing this and interviewing without his, without his attorney. And we're going to do this under the pretext of a, a um, um, uh, oh, what's the act uh, um, from 18, uh, 1800, uh, Logan Act uh, violation, which no one's ever been prosecuted, prosecuted under. Um, and, you know, for what reason? Well, merely to try to, to you know, to, to bollocks up the, the incoming presidency. Um, if you look at the, the text messages, the um, um, uh, FBI uh, lease page and uh, 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 struck. Uh, again, you know, Plan B setting up potential to try to to remove a president. Um, uh, I mean, that's that's pretty big. You had uh, Kleinsmith, an FBI uh, uh, lawyer, who actually altered an email from the CIA uh, to try to 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 falsely make a statement to the court in order to get a warrant to uh, surveil Carter Page. Um, those are a couple reasons why I think the FBI is out to get Trump. Um, all of these were extraordinary circumstances, extraordinary actions um, based on little actual real information. And the more that comes forward, the more that it shows the FBI knew that this wasn't uh, real uh, information. Um, so anyway, that's 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 my sense is is no, I the uh, the the. The the prosecutor of the Justice Department, um, uh, Merrick Garland's Justice Department, uh, very would be very loath to uh, prosecute uh, Joe Biden. So you so you're so in other words, you think from day one, the kind of it's the deep state, you know, the, the deep state uh, uh, hates Trump. Yeah, it doesn't, well, it doesn't have to be a deep state. I mean, again, this isn't um, this isn't anything that's you know somehow sneaky or hidden or unknown. I, I mean, they've. You know, they, they've made um, the the uh, intelligence community who you know put out the letter about the uh, laptop being like likely uh, um, uh, misinformation. I, again, this is this is not anything that um, you know it does it doesn't take much to to see that that these officials you know take extraordinary steps. Uh, Comey and uh, um, uh, Hillary Clinton. Um, uh, to to uh, exonerate uh, Democrats, uh, and we'll go to extraordinary lengths to prosecute Republicans. Um, now, Democrats I, would actually know. look back and say, "Well, I mean, you know, during the race, they're willing to open up and kind of have the comment about Hillary Clinton being under investigation during the process of it as being a possibility for changing that race in uh, in 2016." So, if you I mean, I, I think that'd be one way. If I, you know, we're, we're, gonna have, we're gonna have more of the you know the left here for a second and say, well, look, if if they were all in lockstep, why do that? Um, I think because they they very much thought she would win. Um, they thought it was a, a lock, and there was no reason not to do it at that point, right? They already so just they a miscalculation. She's not going to face charges. They they took the extraordinary step of having the FBI come out rather than than the Justice Department attorney saying we find nothing there and we we're sort of writing in another um intentional uh, uh you know uh, requirement into the statute that really isn't there um uh and no reasonable prosecutor would would uh, uh prosecute this um uh mishandling of classified information um you know but but here we are several years and this is this is not to 
to um, uh, to somehow exonerate Trump. Uh, quite the contrary. Um, it's it's to say that uh, there's <laughs> one one group is treated there, there's there's not uh, equal treatment. Um, uh, so Trump's Trump's uh, uh, Mar-a-Lago was was raided when he was out there. There was not uh, participation by his attorneys. Um, it was intentionally done done that way. Uh, Hillary Clinton was allowed to have her lawyer there, and and it's I mean. Given advanced, it's. I guess that's. I'm I'm not going to rehash everything that's that's gone over the last you know eight years, but. Um, yeah, come come on, I, mean, I, I guess. Um, it, it's. I mean, let's let's put it this way: what what um. Evidence would support. Uh, I mean, what what evidence have we seen of um. FBI officials. Uh, I don't know. I'm never mind. I'll, I will. I will move on from that. But <laughs> okay, um, okay. no. I mean, I, look. I, I, that's that's what I let's even if even if I'm even if I'm completely wrong on this. Uh, the fact that I'm saying it shows that there is a a very much a perception that there are two standards of justice: uh, one for Republicans, one for Democrats. Um, for well, how, so how about um, how about the uh, former. Um, uh, oh gosh, uh, Secretary of this is terrible. When I do this on Friday afternoon. I'm not even sure where your head is. So I don't. I don't know how to help. Sorry. Yeah. Um, oh, do, do, do. I'll, I'll come back to that. Uh, but yeah. go ahead. Yeah, go ahead with your next where We can. Uh, I have my other example. I'll, I'll tee up. But no, no. I mean, I, I think for me, and I mean, you kind of said something. I think key there. You're like, look, even kind of the perception of it. Um, you know, is the, is the fundamental problem with it. And as a guy who, I mean, I worked for the Republican party, uh, you know, no, no hidden agendas there. I, uh, you know, I, I work I mean, again, I know people don't always like this, but, you know, I, I worked with, uh, you, you remember, uh, a long time ago now, long before we, uh, we had Rand Paul, um, uh, Jim Bunning was the uh, this this uh, junior senator yeah. from Kentucky. I worked with Jim Bunning for a long, long time. Did stuff with the college Republicans and and worked in those kinds of circles and orbits. And that's what I did. Um, but you know, but you know, kind of that comment there. You have, I think, in some parts that kind of encapsulates a little bit of my problem with the Donald Trump uh, uh, era uh, uh, Republican Party, which was like the 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 simultaneously the aggressive but yet oh everything is not going the way i wanted to trump i i i mean i i don't attribute that to you jay but again i get a little prickly about that in the sense that like yeah donald trump it, donald trump is more hunter biden <laughs> <laughs> right, you know, yeah, like that's and that's the problem I have with a lot of these uh, 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 of these takes on the look. Whoever's out to get him, I think. Well, no, I think Donald Trump is just the. I mean, 
it was it would be like as if Hunter Biden is the guy who's running for office. Right. You know, that's the kind of guy that, yeah. that Trump has been. It, so going back to like, I mean, again, I wasn't going to try to get into to all of this, but, you know, since we're talking about it. Right. You know, so, for example, you know, when the National Archives is asking for his stuff, he could have just handed the stuff over. But, he, but you know, oh, no, no, he, absolutely. He doesn't yeah. do no, that. He's, he's got tens of thousands of himself. Yeah. And then so when you but, when, when but you compare let's, it, let's, let's say with the charges for, uh, you know, we have ongoing investigations. Into, in, into Biden, you know, Biden uh, at his residence found right. uh, two different uh, papers. I think right now, uh, you know, that grand total came up after he uh, let uh, individuals come in to 12. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 I struggle so, but, but, a little but, but bit with Biden, that modern did, Republican did Party. Did the police SWAT team show up uh, when he wasn't there and uh, uh, and take the materials out of out of his house? Well, not all of them, apparently. Uh, and, and he... <laughs> so I'm, I'm thinking uh, Trump um, uh, trade rep, uh, Peter Navarro. Uh, oh, okay. Who is okay, okay. charged with uh, contempt of Congress for uh, failing to appear and testify, um, was, was taken off a plane in leg irons for contempt of Congress for failing to appear and to, to respond to a congressional subpoena. That is the, the kind of uh, failing to respond to a congressional subpoena is the type of thing that used to make you a hero on the left. Right. Um, oh, yeah. I'm I not mean, that... going to name names, that that whole thing. Right. Um, uh, but instead, the FBI pulls him off a plane. Again, this is a, a senior presidential advisor. Um, uh, I, I mean, again, has um, have any of the uh, we're currently, um, uh, <laughs> you know, some some documents that um, the Congress is trying to seek from uh, FBI Director Ray. Um, uh, do you think he will, he would receive that same treatment? I mean, to this not. point, he hasn't had, you know, has he, he hasn't had a contempt of no, Congress. There's, there's not a contempt. Fi- oh, let's put this. There was a contempt finding against, um, uh, Barack, Obama, Barack Obama's attorney general, uh, for, uh, withholding information on the, the, uh, fast and furious investigation. Um, and, uh, yeah, he was not taken into custody. Um, that's, that's what I mean by, by the double standard. Um, right. It's well. Why don't we explore, and look? look sorry, even yeah. if I'm wrong, that perception is out there, and that's that's a problem. Yeah, I mean, I hear that, but I guess that's again what I was saying was is is I think that there is a problem with taking perception too far. I mean, I, I have people who have perceptions. As a matter of fact, I kind of have this guy. Uh, you know, he will, we, again, I'll, I'll keep him uh, uh, his, his name out of it. He's kind of my phenomenal. Like, what is the uh, what's the most recent kind of conspiracy theory uh, item for me? Uh, and, and and he's really helpful for that when I do this show, right? And so the thing, you know, for example, right now going around is is that the submarine is linked to Biden and Hillary Clinton because they actually had damaging things on them, and you know that's why the the submarine blew up. Uh, and, that, and, and that sounds kind of far fetched to me. Yeah, it does, right? Like, but I think sometimes I think that's what I hear a little bit when I when I get to some of those with Republicans anymore. Um, not to say that there's nothing there, but yeah, I mean, yeah. But you know, maybe let's continue to investigate a little bit. You know, kind of the double standard in a place maybe we're even a little bit closer on this front, which was uh, ProPublica's investigation into Alito, right? Yeah. Um, because I, I don't know if you had a chance to, to, to hear, you know, Ken and I, I don't know, we always seem to get the good stories. Ken and I ended up getting to, uh, to do the ProPublica work 
uh, into Justice Thomas, primarily because you and um, uh, uh, Mike had actually missed it. Like you do me things going on. You get to get to, get to it. So we got to take that one over. Um, you know, for me, I went in pretty skeptical. I thought, look, Justice Thomas, yeah, eh, whatever. This is this is probably just a smear. I actually ended up being really disappointed, right? Like, looked at this pretty carefully. You look at what's going down, and yeah, you know, Thomas is not reporting things he's supposed to be reporting. Same guy over and over again, buying his house, buying things, boom. So well, we I, get. I, I differ on that. I think there was there was the one instance where he, there was something he was supposed to report and didn't. Well, it was more than uh, one. I mean, so I his, his house purchase. And, and that that said, I, I've said before, I think that it's. Um, it's certainly a bad look uh, for a, a Supreme Court justice and Justice Thomas, and I'm I'm sort of almost like kind of personally disappointed, if you will. You know what I mean? Um, oh, definitely. I mean, because uh, again, it's but, it's, it's repeatedly. You know, it's the same yeah, individual as repeatedly. Yeah, but if you're if you're asking me, uh, I mean, again, I think the word I used before was unseemly. Unseemly. <laughs> um, but but. Uh, does that does that mean it's an, an ethics violation or that uh, Thomas is somehow corrupt? Uh, well, and again, no, I think I that's something else think we, we had tried to talk about was, you know, what's the difference between corruption versus, you know, violating an ethics? I, I think in the case of uh, Thomas, the house sale and some of these other sales clearly were issues that needed, even under the old rules, had to be um, reported and he didn't report it. So, I, I, you know, I think he hits that ethics level, but I don't think we have... Where I am not willing to go was there doesn't seem to be any change in what he's doing as a result of yeah. that. Um, so, you know, I, I think in the case of Thomas, you basically you get ethics violations, but you don't have uh, corruption. Um, so you know, this week we get the follow up with uh, Justice Samuel Alito. And and so I'll be honest, this time I was probably a little more OK, you know, now 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 who's violated the, you know, the ethics rules. But this felt like a, a whole new step further. So I'm curious to kind of see what you think about this, because, you know, at the heart of this, it felt like this was thin as a story at best. You had a lot going on with Justice Thomas, very convincing. And this one kind of felt like the follow the follow up left hand that didn't land. Um, yeah. You know, so this isn't a long set of repeated payments. You know, nobody's paying off a house. Nobody's you know, wiggling on the rules. It, it all comes down really to one instance. And so uh, for listeners, right, uh, Justice Alito goes on a fishing trip to Alaska in 2008. Um, there's a plane already going. Alito just happens, you know, he's like the last minute goes, okay, I'll take a seat on the plane, whatever. And he actually even asks and has notes about this of asking, hey, do I need to report, you know, taking this plane? And he gets authoritatively told, no, he doesn't have to do that. Uh, and, and so then, so that kind of is like, okay, done. Not, there's lots, it seems like a whole lot of nothing burger. But then uh, the, the more dam you know, potentially damaging part is to say, well, take a look at this. Actually, Alito was then, uh, you know, giving favors effectively um, to the individual who, who was doing the, the plane, which is a one Mr. Singer. And, and the answer is, well, How so? not, How exactly, so not really. So you take a look at it well. and you take a look at this. You got seven petitions that ProPublica is is citing uh, in six of them. The court rejects everything outright. So we can't even take a look at it because the writ assert isn't accepted. So, by the way, right. so for listeners, writs of certiorari are the special petitions when you're when you're appealing to the Supreme Court. 
So you get appealed to the Supreme Court. So we don't get votes on those that we can take a look at, but the Supreme Court turns those down. So boom, done. So we don't know about that. So the only one we can take a look uh, out of this uh, is a, 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 a case where the court decides on a seven to one vote. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, and so whether Alito had recused himself or not accused himself, you know, it would have turned into a, a six to would one have been vote. the same, same, yeah, same yeah. result, same exact outcome. And as Alito has mentioned, you know, he, he does a, uh, an op-ed on this and he's absolutely right. There's no way if you take a look at the actual filings at the time, uh, there was no way that you could even know that Mr. Singer was involved, right? Like it, it, yeah. his name doesn't appear. There's no necessary connections. There's no reason he even could have thought to to recuse himself. And so kind of what this feel again, like I said a second ago, it, it feels a little bit like, OK, we had a lot on Justice Thomas. We had this issue. But now we, you know, we've got something else and that something else is really nothing. But we're running with it because it fits the narrative of what, what had happened with Justice Thomas. Um, but there's really nothing there to it. And, 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 and in this case, I think this, I think ProPublica is making the same mistake that Ken uh, uh, makes when we, when we talk about a lot of this, which is to say, look, there has to be a conspiracy here. And so clearly, if we found it in one case, if there's a conspiracy, that means they all have to be you know, being corrupt. Even if well, yeah, there what, is what really was no evidence. Thomas conspire, what was Clarence Thomas and uh, what's his name conspiring to do? Well, yeah, it's my, my, so the point here being is, is I just don't, I don't, yeah, there isn't. What? Nothing. Yeah, I will continue. I want to continue to write the, my, you know, hard right, hard right uh, uh, solo dissents. Uh, I, you know, I, yeah, what was the, you know, the other, the other um, uh, irony was uh, noted there was a, um, that this singer guy, um, is actually a big champion of, uh, of uh, gay rights and uh, same-sex marriage. Um, yet uh, Alito uh, was was firmly uh, a, a scathing dissent, you might even say, uh, in Obergefell. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, look, I, I suppose that the fishing trip didn't didn't help him any there. Um, and I think that that just goes to to point out that the justices don't. Uh, this then the whole the whole ethics piece right with uh the disclosures um the federal court disclosures are geared so the judges um know about uh they, they only ask for um you know is this entity a publicly traded company or a a a um, affiliate of a publicly traded company um and the reason for that is because to prevent insider trading Right. So if a judge knows that he has stock or something like that in a, in a uh, case and it's going to go really big one way or another for some uh, for some uh, publicly traded company uh, that, you know, they, they can't cash in on that. They can't, um, you know, buy up before they award the patent to that company or, or, or the other way around. Um, but in this kind of, you know, private LLCs where where um, uh, this singer just happened to be one of, of many investors, there's absolutely no way for the court to know. Um, you know, who, who all the investors in any given company are. Uh, and if it's publicly, tra- if it's not publicly traded, there's the sense of, well, who cares? Yeah. Um, so well, I'm going to pause this just for a minute. We're, we're going to take a brief break and come back back. And when, and when we come back, I'm, I'm, what I'm curious to ask you about a little bit is kind of your take on how the court decides uh, uh, how it handles things and, and what it does. So we're going to take a brief break and we're going to be right back. So Jay, 
one of the things that I was mentioning earlier is, you know, Ken has a view that basically says, look, the way that justices make decisions, and it's actually in political science called the attitudinal model. It says, look, it, it's all based on their ideological background. And so once you understand their ideological background properly, you're going to understand what they're going to do. And so conservatives are going to behave in kind of these consistently conservative, in his view, obviously bad ways. Right. So, but that model doesn't really hold up. As a matter of fact, we, we, we've abandoned that model of social scientists a while back. And, and we actually had an argument about this uh, a, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and, and so he actually continued to make the case for that attitudinal model. So what I'm curious is, again, since we don't get to do the show as often, would be to say, okay, so for you, I mean, you're a, I mean, you're a lawyer. This is what you're doing. What yeah. is your schema for understanding how the court is going to be making decisions? Because when I take a look at it, even though I'm not a lawyer, of course, I'm a political scientist, I don't necessarily see ideology being the only, I mean, of course, it's, it's maybe one of the variables that we're going to be using, but it's certainly not the univariable. It's not the only thing. It's not the total explainer for how individuals are, yeah. are, are predicting their behavior. And it doesn't seem when I listen to you on the show that you're using a schema like that. So what's your model for understanding how individuals are going to be making these decisions? You know, then maybe the, the, uh, the not, uh, you know, well, it's just, it's just all ideology. Right. No, I think every, every justice obviously comes in with some ideological predispositions. Um, and that's to be expected, and I think to some extent hoped for, even, right? I mean, that's, that's, uh, you have these, these confirmation hearings, and you get a sense of, 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 of what, you're, what you're getting. Um, but uh, ideological, ideological predispositions are different than political uh, policy goals, right? Yeah. Um, so and I think that's that's a, a big distinction. And I think Ken Ken seems to to view this, and I'll, well, let's put it this way: I'll, I'll I'll throw it out there. I think a lot of Democrats view uh, the Supreme Court as a policy making body, right? Yeah. Uh, that this is this is a, a organization. Well, we'd like it to to enact, the, you know, for lack of a better word, uh, policies that that we want to see. Um, whereas conservatives are more comfortable. Um, and in fact, you know, make the argument that, that, look, there's a lot of stuff that's just not our job. Um, uh, you it's know, non was, it's, it's, was, it's not what you want to decide, you know, at wanted a, a, uh, a stamp that said, uh, stupid, but constitutional. Um, <laughs> you know, and I think, I think you see that with a lot of, uh, you know, these, these splits that, that, um, yeah, there, there can be different ways of looking at, at things and you can you can say this is a terribly and, and I think Scalia was often would do this you know these may be a terribly stupid policy but it's not our call to make um uh likewise in uh, uh speaking of going back to Obergefell um Scalia made the the argument uh there that look it's you know it it may be that that there's that uh, uh same-sex marriage is really very much the right way to go and the the proper moral thing to do and, and smart policy and something everyone will like. Um, but that's not the, the court's job to decide that. That's uh, he, That should be, in his view, uh, a legislative decision. Um, so I think that's there's that difference right there, right? That um, if, you, if you sort of go in with the expectation of uh, your guys are, are there to uh, right wrongs, as, as, as it were, right, rather than simply uh, bring into effect uh, what the, the the legislature has enacted. Um, you're going to take a different view of of how 
uh, or you will interpret uh, judges' behaviors differently. Yeah, I mean, and which even goes so far as to say, I mean, when I take a look at different justices, I see justices who prioritize understandings of the law different, understandings of how yeah. we understand precedent, for example, uh, you know, to the extent that we need to, to think about precedent, precedent in hard ways in the ways that I see the chief justice uh, doing or, uh, you know, as being more willing to say, look, we got to we got to blow up precedent if we see it as being fundamentally flawed, is which which I see more often in in cases like uh, uh, Justice Thomas, who's like, look, it doesn't yeah. matter how well, many times you, we're Thomas that is way. much more saying, look, that all right, this case, you know, that was decided whatever a hundred years ago, it was wrong then, and it's wrong now, and we shouldn't, you know, there's no reason we should, yeah, we should should continue to indulge this uh, this error. Which is very um, different than the chief justice yeah. who says, well, look, you know, we can't radically change all of this, Thomas. You yeah. know, we've been doing this for 100 years. So we start from that 100-year precedent. Yeah. But that, that said, I mean, um, Thomas, that, that, that approach is not, is not necessarily wrong, right? No, I mean, again, it's, it's just a way if, of if saying that, it's not all approach, ideological. You, you have know, two conservatives. Carried yeah. the day, if that approach carried the day— um, uh, we wouldn't have had uh, uh, Brown versus the board. Uh, we would have had had uh, more Plessy versus Ferguson. Right. So, so. I, mean, I mean, to kind of get at that a little bit more, you know, we have this story. It just happened on Friday, uh, you know, uh, so we don't have a lot of time to get into all of it. But once again, we have a case where we see conservatives and uh, uh, liberals mixing in ways that you wouldn't anticipate if you were taking that attitudinal or that, that yeah. uh, ideological model. Right. So uh, the Supreme Court hands Biden, uh, President Biden, a narrow win in a major immigration case, eight to one, right? And so in, in, the, in the majority, uh, you know, it, we have two of the conservatives, we have all the liberals. Uh, in a concurrence, we have the remaining liberals besides Alito, and Alito ends up being your, you know, your one out, uh, you know, Kavanaugh writing uh, the, the, uh, the majority opinion. Um, and in this case, of course, you know, we're talking about executive power and, and, and you might say, well, you know, executive power is a different, but that's, I think part of the problem, right? Is once you start recognizing the different categories of law might be quote unquote different, what you're saying is, is that as you're as, as you're posing it, that policy outcomes are, are, are fundamentally different than ideological differences and ideologies can overlap depending on yeah. policies. Right. So, so for example, you could say my my ideology is I interpret the Constitution. I read it as providing for a strong executive uh, and strong uh, uh, executive federal preemption of other you know state actions. Um, that can turn either way, uh, on, you know, policy wise, depending on who's in office. Yeah. And, um, and and like in this case, essentially, it said the executive. You know, we're looking at at uh, 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 the court sort of approving a a a you know, view of, of enhanced executive power. Um, and, and yeah, the, the people line up kind of as you, as you think they might. And as a result, you don't get though, like you, you don't have the constant, which you might think of as being conservative liberal split. Right. Yeah. 
Well, so, you know, what we might want to do then is, is why don't we move forward and take a look move out. We've done a lot of stuff in the court. We talked about the presidency a little bit. Let's let's chat a little bit about, I think what's, I mean, it touches a little bit on what we were talking about, but uh, the attempt by Representative Lauren Borbart from uh, uh, Colorado uh, to impeach President Biden this week for his, in her thought, mishandling of the Mexican border. Um, now, that was eventually put on the back burner after a lot of negotiation on Thursday uh, by Speaker McCarthy. Um, the vote has been pushed uh, to a committee, but she has vowed that she is only going to uh, uh, let this go on if it isn't just a delay tactic. And if she views it as a delay tactic, she has vowed that she will bring her resolution up, quote, every day for the rest of my time here in Congress, end quote. Now, in addition to that, I think being difficult for Republicans in, in a variety of different ways, it also shows some of the tension, I think, that we see in uh, the Freedom Caucus is, as Green and Bobert really got into it on Wednesday. You know, I won't get into like who was actually saying what we don't know specifically, but some nasty words were definitely exchanged. Uh, both you know, agree about this. And, and, and what's interesting about it is, is what, what the argument effectively here is, is about is, is, well, who gets to be the, you know, the, the pusher of impeachment uh, 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 for Biden? And, and so, you know, this brings up something else that a couple of weeks ago uh, that I had brought up with Ken, which was me musing a little bit about the future of the Republican Party. Uh, and, and then eventually, as I'd mentioned earlier, step back um, uh, in the Trump era. That's not, you know, anybody who's listened to the show knows about this. Um, and so, you know, I don't know. For me, it seems like, okay, we got Biden. He's got some of the worst poll numbers you could have. He's not blowing this job out of the water. I mean, look at his exit from Afghanistan, stuff that we've talked about on the show. Um, and yet Republicans just can't seem to get over the, what they saw as the Trump era slights. And they're like, well, our guy got impeached. So now we're going to, you know, file impeachment charges. And there's really no there there to these impeachment charges. There's nothing. Um, yeah, there's just nothing to take up. Uh, and, and I can't help but well, see this is, I mean, as being kind of the spiral uh, of some of the, of the Republican Party and, and McCarthy just kind of hanging on with his fingernails. What do you yeah, think? It's, it's, uh, it's strategically uh, idiotic. <laughs> yeah, fair, um, fair. I mean, that's, that's the, I mean, the fact of it is that um, Republicans never win impeachments. Um, that's just one of those, one of these, one of these rules, right? Well, nobody's ever won an impeachment down. ever. Oh yeah, they have. Um, no, there's never been a, a, a successful presidential impeachment. No, 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 no. I mean, I mean, politically. Oh, Democrats you mean like in other words, they won, won votes out Nixon of an impeachment. Uh, Republicans certainly lost the Clinton impeachment. Neither were actually convicted. Um, but, uh, well, I mean, in the case of Nixon, he resigns before it can even move forward. Um, right. You know, Clinton being one of the a, first to kind of really fight it. There is a sweeping Democratic, Democratic wave, though, than the next, the next election. I see what you're talking um, Okay, continue, continue. Whereas, whereas um, it, it was sort of a, a backlash the other way um, with, with Clinton. Um, so, no, I, I think that's just one of those iron laws. Republicans don't win impeachments. Um, so... And there's a bunch of reasons for that. We could do a whole show on that. But um, so Lauren Boebert stopped talking about it. Um, the worst thing you could do um, is to impeach him and therefore make him a victim and sympathetic and all that. Uh, you know, instead, you know, go and beat him up on border policy. Yeah, uh, I mean, I mean that's, that doesn't, that's, that doesn't... The, that's the appropriate play there. But I think there there are 
there are people in um, uh, Congress who who sort of just lack a I don't know whether it's the strategic vision or just or just maturity um, that they want to engage in these kind of crazy extreme tactics because whatever it's fun it gets them on TV I I don't know. Well, I was going to um, ask you. I mean, and that's. I think that's an honest and, and worthwhile question to explore for a minute, which is just to say, I mean, go back to the Clinton impeachment for a minute, right? I mean, there's, you know, there's, there's obvious reason there to potentially move. Um, so, you I mean you can make the argument, okay, look, even if we're going to lose this, this is, you know, this is worth moving forward, or this yeah. is doing. I think yeah. you can you say the same thing uh, about the the Trump impeachment, but. Here, there's no there there other than if you thought you were going to win some political points. And as you're pointing out, there's no political points to win on this. So you're not going to win it. There's no there there. So there's there's no like moral reason to say, well, I'm going to go down with this ship because this is what what we need to do. Um, And and again, this is I don't know. When you take a look at the last election, you take a look at how much closer it was than I think many predicted. I think it was these kinds of moves that probably, I mean, it doesn't explain all of it, but it's going to explain some of the problem uh, that Republicans had last go round. Yeah. Yeah. Um, again, it's, it's uh, the, the plan, uh, the, the way to deal with this is to come up with uh, your own border plan and say, this is why uh, ours is better. Um, than what's going on right now. Um, so let's let's change, um, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> let's yeah. let's change our approach. Um, so, so I guess I mean here's my last question. I mean, because we're you know we're doing the kind of the conservative view. So let's just you know let's just go with that because that's who we are. But I mean, do you think? And this might be an area where we have a, you know some dif- some difference between us. I guess for me. I sit around and kind of hope and agitate for a Republican Party that is matured, moved beyond the Green, the Boebert and the Trump era. And and these moments make me depressed because I feel like, eh, I lost. Right. <laughs> you know, I don't think that's happening. Oh, no, my good, good Lord. Um, uh, I've been sort of having something of an existential crisis uh, for, for some time now. Um, so, what's your view on, on that? that? I mean, that again, very, let's, let's let's make it the conservative. I mean, no, I, I I really do. I feel. I mean, much of, um, much of what I I fought for for most of my career, uh, has has sort of gone up in flames, right? So, um, no, I you know I, I I certainly get that. I was I was a uh, a Jack Kemp Republican, um, uh, and uh, I I may well be the last uh, Jack Kemp Republican. So. Um, <laughs> I'm younger than you, so I might still be. I'm just teasing. Just yeah. Teasing. <laughs> um, I'm probably not as much Republican as, as you are anymore, though. Trey, as you know, Mike and I uh, talk a lot. We grew up as, as kind of Reagan Republicans and uh, we're, we're very much believers, at least, you know, particularly I was in like the hope, growth and opportunity wing uh, of the Republican Party. And and again, I, uh, you know, one high points of when I was in my 20s, I got I got to meet Jack Kemp and had a lunch with him and all that. And, um, uh, you know, and, and, and for for people who, who don't know who Jack Kemp is, he was uh, uh, Ronald Reagan's uh, secretary. Well, he was a quarterback for the uh, Buffalo Bills. Um, Ronald Reagan's uh, HUD secretary um, uh, ran for president, uh, vice president. Um, 
but he was a big believer in that, look, the problems that we have in our urban areas, our cities, uh, the way to fix them is with more capitalism, not less. Uh, remove the, the government barriers to opportunity. Um, and, and you'll see these, these uh, areas uh, and the people in them uh, naturally flourish. Um, and that's, that's, you know, he, he was not, uh, uh, someone who was out to, to, you know, own the lib, so to speak. Um, one of his, one of his lines, um, uh, was, you know, was also big about reaching across, uh, racial lines was that, um, uh, look, I've, I've showered with more black men than most Republicans have shaken hands with. Um, <laughs> and, and so he, I mean, he's, he is, um, but anyway, I, I I don't see Tim Scott is probably the closest thing to sort of a Jack Kemp Republican, I think. Uh, Marco Rubio, maybe a little bit. Um, but but yeah, I sort of feel like uh, we're a dying breed. Uh, and the other piece, of course, that, that kind of went with that was, you know, uh, fiscal restraint. Yeah, uh, for and, sure. And that has, that has long gone out the window. Um, so... Uh, here, here I am. Uh, <laughs> well, well, I, I would say I'm fiscal restraint like, and uh, and the idea that trade will benefit us. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's that's another big part of it. Is yeah, free free trade, um, and also uh, you know, Camp and Ray were were proponents of uh, increased immigration, but but legal immigration. Um, again, I I think that's. Uh, I, I had the privilege, again, in my young life to attend a speech by uh, uh, UN Ambassador Gene Kirkpatrick, um, uh, who who made the point that uh, immigrants, and especially uh, immigrants who are coming from, at, at that point, uh, a lot of uh, the former um, Soviet Union and the, the Eastern Bloc, um, that they serve the, the vital purpose of, of refreshing uh, our appreciations of of our freedoms, right? Uh, that that so much that we take for granted, uh, uh, the opportunities we take for granted, uh, that when we see them through new eyes of people who are just arriving here, uh, it it should uh, 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 inspire us to kind of redouble our efforts uh, to to make sure that those uh, those freedoms and those opportunities uh, continue. So. Um, but anyway, that's just me. Well, you know, I mean, <laughs> since, since, you, since you put it there, and I, and I don't disagree, you know, why don't we finish up the show chatting a little bit? There's, you know, there's not a ton to be chatted here, but we don't have a lot of time left. Uh, which was, I kind of feel maybe the antithesis a little bit, you know, of that view uh, of conservatism, which is that that there was a Chinese immigrant ban this uh, uh, this past week that's getting ready to go into effect, and so we've had a, a lawsuit filed uh, out against it. Um, what happens is, is that, uh, beginning on July 1st, there's a new law in Florida that would bar citizens of China and a select few other countries to a lesser extent from owning homes and land in the state. And again, this week, uh, a lawsuit from the ACLU and others uh, was filed against it. So now to be clear, what the, what the law is doing is it bans individuals who are not citizens or green card holders from owning, owning buildings or land in Florida. Now, that is just a blanket ban for those from uh, uh, China, uh, for citizens of Cuba, Venezuela, Syria, India, Russia, and North Korea. It limits them from owning property within 10 miles of what is uh, deemed to be critical, uh, quote unquote, infrastructure. Now, when Governor DeSantis signed the bill into law, he argued that it's going to help protect Americans and Floridians 
from the influence of the Chinese Communist Party. The ACLU, on the other hand, is arguing that that it violates the Equal Protection uh, uh, Clause and the Due Process Clause of the U.S. Constitution. Now, kind of a weird historic fact, not everybody might know this, but Florida was actually the only state that had these laws left over. So in the early 1900s, a lot of states had a variety of uh, ownership bans for both Japanese uh, uh, individuals and Chinese individuals. Now, most states struck those down or they got repealed in court. There was a lot of things that happened there. Uh, Florida's actually remained on the books until 2018 when there was finally a ballot measure that ended it. And this law effectively would be bringing it back in this new form. I mean, I don't know. Again, I don't. DeSantis is not somebody I'm, I'm a big fan of. Uh, again, having listened to you, I don't think you're a big fan of DeSantis either in, in a lot of ways. What do you think about this? I mean, this kind of kind of almost smacks the opposite direction of kind of what you were waxing about there. So I'm curious about your take, Jay. So first of all, I I looked up the bill and it is really much less extreme than what uh, the the folks from the ACLU described uh, in Time in Time magazine. Um, I I don't I don't read this as barring uh, home ownership. Um, they've, there's, there's, um, uh, and I'm going through right here. There's, again, talks about a foreign principle. Um, uh, and that is, again, someone who I think is, we'll go back to the de- definition section here. Um, yeah, I believe if you take a look at definition section, effectively, it's a, a person who does not have, um, permanent status from China. Do-do. Well, actually, foreign principle looks like isn't uh, isn't defined. Um, at least not. I'd have uh, to pull it up. Myself, at least sure. I haven't gotten it to it yet. Um, so, so look to the extent that that um, this bill would would say uh, if you're a Chinese national, you can't own a home or you can't purchase land. Pl- uh, plainly, it would be uh, straight off the bat uh, unconstitutional. Um, I don't think there's any question about that. Uh, these other things, though, when you're talking about buying land within um, uh, so you know so many uh, yards of a military installation, so many yards of yeah. uh, other things, and that's and, not and the part that's being uh, challenged. Things of like yeah, the Chinese Communist Party. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, not within five miles of any military installation, um, uh, or or controlling certain you know. Assets. I, I think that's that probably uh, fits the bill. I'm not. I'm not sure what the the rationale would would be to prohibit, you know, just just straight out home ownership. Um, and again, I'm not. I'm not entirely sure that that's what this bill does. But again, I've. I'll I'll, I'll say I'm not. Uh, I'm not an expert on it, having just kind of perused perused through it. Um, I don't know. It, feel, uh, it feels like yeah, this. So. It feels like what uh, uh, DeSantis does with this and others, kind of like his his busing of uh, immigrants from not not Florida but other states into other yeah. states is he's really trying to make larger position taking and and mold himself as being the Trump without the issues, right? I mean, you know, I'm I'm going to take all the positions of a Trump but better. Uh, and, and I'm not going to have the same kinds of, 
you know, moral, legal and other kinds of issues that Trump did. And it seems like that kind of fits into that. I mean, it's the same with, say, his uh, his ongoing feud with Disney, you know, rightfully or wrongfully. It doesn't really matter a whole lot other than he's trying to take position takes. Uh, well, hang, hang on just one second, um, because I did just find the section I was looking for. Oh, beautiful. Uh, what what this bans is, uh, first of all, the People's Republic of China, Chinese Communist Party or any official member from um, acquiring any real property. Uh, it it uh, prohibits a partnership association or, uh, or corporation uh, organized in China with its principal place of business in the People's Republic of China um, from doing the same. And this is this is the, the place that they're arguing. Any person who is domiciled in the People's Republic of China and who is not a citizen or lawful resident, permanent resident of the United States. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but um, again, I, I think uh, lawful permanent resident. I suppose that's the that's the biggest part, right? Could a, that would, a, that would a, almost undoubtedly be like China a green card, to be like us. Um, but well, let's put it this way: if if someone's here uh, legally, I think on a renewable green card. Again, I'm not sure what permanent means in that context. Um. But uh, setting, setting that aside, um, I, I think that's I think there's there's something to uh, being vigilant about uh, property that is being purchased or owned by uh, the, the Chinese, uh, meaning the Chinese government, right? Not Chinese people. Um, uh, but uh, uh, and and I, you know, for national security reasons, for a whole lot of reasons. Um, there was a if uh, you you're too young to remember this there was sort of the panic in um the 1980s uh that it was the japanese that were buying up all of yeah. our real estate um you know there's 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 sort of a there's a subtle nod to it in uh, in die hard it's you know nakatomi plaza <laughs> yes um, yep but uh but but yeah if you remember there was uh, i think they at one time they they owned uh, rockefeller center 30 rock um and there were all these like iconic um, uh, American buildings and, and downtown real estate that was being purchased by the Japanese. And there was this, this big concern of, look, we don't even, you know, own our own country and it's all owned by the Japanese who, again, um, weirdly, as we look back on it in the eighties, uh, uh, were viewed as a, a tremendous threat, uh, particularly not, not military, but economically. Um, yeah, so we, people I, that I they don't, don't that, recognize it reminded that. me sort of of that, right? Um, although I, again, I, I do see China as more the, the, the military threat, uh, certainly than what, uh, what the Japanese were. Um, so anyway, I, you know, we could talk about that more to me. This is one of those things that, um, a lot of times I was going to make this point to, to Mike when we were talking about the pride stuff a couple of weeks ago. Um, you know, the problem so often is that, that, uh, conservatives just aren't, aren't that good at playing this game. Um, and when they do things, it, it is sort of ham handed, uh, and, and, and sort of sets themselves up for, uh, you know, for, for getting beat over the head. Um, and, and we don't have, you know, a Reagan, uh, who, who, who sort of could, could do these sort of things and, and pull it off with a smile and, um, uh, engage in what were culture wars and, and win them. Right. Uh, not by demonizing one side or another, but by appealing to sort of uh, what uh, what were were common American feelings and interests and instincts. So um, we don't. But yeah, conservatives don't is, appeal to values anymore. That's not that's not yeah. what they do, right? I mean, 
um, you know, I, I know we got to, we'll, we'll need to end here, but you know, I, I had a, st- I had a student recently and I teach one of the, one of the classes I adored teaching at OC, uh, is, is ideologies. And I think I've said this, this, this story on the show before, but you know, I, I had this, uh, young, uh, Republican Hispanic and, uh, was just an adamant Republican in so many ways. Um, and, and I kept trying to gently push, not that I was trying to change what he like was. Young Mike Baranowski. Yeah. I mean, no, he was far more, he was not moderate. There is nothing moderate about this individual. Um, but, uh, you know, trying no, there, to just... there was nothing, there was nothing moderate about the young Mike Baranowski. Oh, there you go. See, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's why. Yeah. Um, but you know, and I kept trying to say, well, you know, look, you can be for that, but just recognize that's not conservatism, right? Like what you're advocating for here, this, this isn't conservatism. And so we finally got around to reading uh, uh, Edmund Burke uh, and and Kirk and other conservatives. And he finally came to my office one day and he's like, man, I hate these guys. You're, you were right. All the, I was like, I know I'm right. You're not, again, I'm not telling you what to be, but I'm telling you, that's just not what you are, right? You're not a conservative. Right, 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 yeah. And, and I think that's part of the problem is because conservatives have kind of these, these traditional value connections, and that's just not what the, the modern Republican Party does. But anyway, Jay, we should, we should probably pause here. It's been we wonderful doing the this, doing this show yeah. with you. Yeah, good times, yeah. Well, well we'll be, I, I'll be joining you for the midweek show. Yes, and as a matter of fact, what we're going to be doing on the midweek show is is we're going to we're we're going to kind of co opt in a little bit. I don't know. We'll take over. We're going to do it. You know, I don't know. It feels right that uh, that those who care about the Constitution will will get to to do a piece of it. Although I don't know, maybe we'll disagree since you know I'm not a unitary executive. I'm a presidential scholar, so you know we can get around that. Right. Uh, right. But uh, that's one where you and Ken actually weirdly agree. But so anyway, what I say all this to say is, is so, Me you know, Ken and Clarence Thomas of all people. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, if you want to be a part of that, uh, that means you need to be a supporter of the politics guys. So as we end the show, I really hope you'll be, uh, consider becoming one so that you can join Jay and myself for that constitution conversation again we're all the all the way into article two we're gonna be doing that uh and it's what supporters it's what makes this podcast keep going on right without the supporters it's not going to happen uh but you also get all kind of goodies when you become a supporter of the politics guys like so for example the show you're listening to right now i know in the middle you know we've we've got ads right there right and that i mean that's terrible i hate advertisements you know but you become a supporter, uh, you know, for a lot less than what you're paying for your streaming services, a lot less. And you're going to get the ad free version, right? There's no, you know, there's no pay and have ads at the politics guys, right? <laughs> you know, um, you know, we're not Netflix. So we would love for you uh, to get that. We would love for you to get the full supporter exclusive midweek show. Again, Jay and I, we're going to be going over Article 2 uh, of the Constitution. We come back. That's going to be a lot of fun. We, we, and we would love for you to be a part of those things. We're going to kind of break, we get to break away from the news cycle. Um, so how can you become part of that? Well, you can head to patreon.com slash politics, guys. So if you'd like to support the show, head to patreon.com slash politics, guys. It'll show you the different support levels that are possible and all the different options that you have and what you'll get by being that part or that level of supporter, right? So for example, you might want to become part of our active Discord group, right? As a matter of fact, I've, I get on there just to get beat up uh, most recently, but I'll, I still get, I love, actually, I love doing it. Um, and uh, uh, every now and then Jay will slide in and, and say a few things. Uh, you know, yeah, I usually, I, and I don't, I, I, I should do more and I, I, um, yeah, it's just difficult with a life-work balance uh, type thing of to. Um, yeah, it's not because it's not because I don't want to do it; it's because I do want to do it. If you follow me, <laughs> um, 
You want to do you know it what well. I mean? that I, I I would spend well I would spend too much time and and you know um uh that sort of thing uh on it if I if I started to engage because I want to I want to engage intelligently and thoughtfully. And yeah, and it's and it, that takes time. It does take time, but I, I mean that's one of the things I love about that group is is that we do get to get in things more, a little bit more complex ways, right? It feels a little bit more like what you're doing uh, when you're having a conversation rather than what I really hate. I, you know, I really loathe doing things on Twitter because you just can't have a conversation there. It, it's just all little and, and there's nothing to that. So that's why we have that there. So again, if you head to patreon.com slash politics, guys, you can see those different levels of support. You can see what you can get. Now, there's other ways you can support us. Of course, you can support us on Venmo where we're at politics, guys. You can also support the show through PayPal. If you want to take a look at all of those links, they are all in the show notes. So head on there now, scroll down on your phone. You're going to see them there. Or if you want to go the old fashioned way, you can always head to politicsguys.com slash support. Now, if you'd like to get that midweek show where Jay and I are going to take on uh, the Constitution, continue here for me and and, and Ken for a week, uh, but you're not in a position to uh, financially do that. I get that. Again, I, I say this regularly. I've got three kiddos. We have one income. I know what that's like. It, it's not easy. We can make that happen. You just need to uh, uh, shoot an email to, the, uh, to us, to the guys, uh, specifically shoot that out to Mike at politicsguys.com and, and we'll get you all set up. Now, whether you're a supporter or not, we really would appreciate that if you would subscribe, rate, review in whatever podcast app you use. I hope it's Apple Music because they're the best. But, you know, even for you Spotify users, you know, I'm just, I'm just teasing. Please, whatever way you're doing, we would love for you. Uh, to rate, to share, to send those on, to put your comments with that when you support that. That's the way these things move forward. If you've got a question, a comment, correction, gripe, manifesto, or just anything else, you can always reach us at mail at politicsguys.com. We're also on Facebook and Twitter, and you'll find all the links for all of this in the show notes below. Just scroll down a little bit. I want to thank the executive producers of the Politics Guys. Who are Bruce Johnson, Wilma Moreno, Andra Masker, Daniel Toe, Ryan Beasley, Don Oglesby, and Ivan English. We'll be back with a new episode here in the midweek and then again at the end of next week. I hope you'll join us then.